Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, when my heart is overwhelmed, overwhelm me with your peace. Lead me to you, my rock. Guide me to your word, which gives me strength and refuge. Help me not to run to lesser things. Draw me to run to you first. Help me to get into the habit of taking my overwhelmed posture and placing it under your will. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a lot of people feeling overwhelmed these days. And that's uh, unfortunate because it is, can be crippling. It's a paralyzing posture. Uh, and so many people are feeling it because of just the stress of the times, the craziness that's happening in our country, the upside-downness of the world. So, uh, but incidentally, today, if you could pray for Florida, they're having torrential rains that are so bad they're closing airports due to the flooding so uh, keep florida in your prayers our brothers and sisters down south uh so i came across this story this morning and it confused me our president joe biden is going to ireland or maybe he's already there i'm not i think he's already landed and during his time there he's going to visit the shrine of our lady of knock Okay, that's good. You know, maybe there'll be graces there to open his eyes to the the horror of abortion. Um, but what is confusing to me is that uh, the priest that runs this shrine, Rector Richard Gibbons, Father Richard Gibbons, he seems absolutely giddy about receiving the president. Um, let's not forget, he is an abortion uh leader among all the politicians he's also very pro lgbt and this priest is so happy to be receiving him and even giving him a relic of the 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 rock from the wall where the apparition occurred here's the part i don't understand um he said that all the sacraments will be suspended in the parish pending the president's arrival and no sacraments have been available in this cathedral this entire week as preparations are made for the u.s leader's speech well how sad is that that during the octave of easter they closed down the cathedral to all the sacraments that is just horrible like people need to wake up um Joe Biden is a human being. Jesus is a divine person. He's God. Why would we shut down Jesus because somebody's visiting? And by the way, he's a heretic. Joe Biden is a heretic. The very definition of the word is what he is, you know? So, uh, like I said, maybe this would be an opportunity for his conversion. Who knows? But do not shut down the sacraments, especially during the octave of Easter. That is crazy. Crazy. Unbelievable. So I guess pray for that priest as well. What was his name? Father Richard Gibbons. 
he needs an awakening as well. Uh, the poor people that, you know, that that's their home parish and they were hoping, I'm sure, to be going there for the sacraments during this very, the, the greatest week of the year. And there's no sacraments because a U.S. president's coming to town. Unbelievable. Oh, well, what can we do about it? All you overwhelmed people out there. Well, we can pray. Everybody says that. Let's pray. But there's a specific type of prayer that I want to talk to you about. We're going to begin kind of doing a series on this a little bit each week so you're not overwhelmed or become um, overburdened by it. But the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that intercessory prayer is a prayer, a petition that leads us to pray as Jesus did. Jesus is the one intercessor with the Father on behalf of all peoples, especially the sinners. And uh, St. Paul asked the question, who will condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of the Father and who intercedes for us. Yes, he's interceding on the throne, even at this very moment. So Jesus is the only really the only mediator, right? There's one mediator between God and the human race, Christ Jesus himself, who gave himself as ransom for all. Uh, and we believe that. When we sin, St. John the Apostle warns us uh, not to commit sin, but notes that if we do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So Jesus is the one who intercedes for us. But we too can uh, intercede for others as well because the catechism continues by saying in intercession he who prays looks not only to his own interests but also the interests of others even to the point of praying for those who do him harm pray for your enemies that was a direct command of Jesus Christ himself out of his own mouth pray for your enemies so this uh, type of prayer is very powerful and you know when we think about it, um, there's some been very some huge people, historical figures in the Bible, who were very big intercessors. Moses is one of them. Moses was constantly interceding on behalf of the Jews when God was ready to wipe them out. He begged God not to uh, do away with them, and God uh, heard his prayer and acquiesced. Um, Mary the wonderful example of Mary at the wedding at Cana. She goes to Jesus and intercedes on behalf of the wedding couple that he would do something about the shortage of wine. So, um, and many, many, many others. I mean, there's probably too many to, to even count. But uh, when we think about this, it's a very powerful prayer, but it's not just a prayer, it's really a way of life. It's a way of life. So we know that we have the intercessory prayers during the Mass, right? Yes, that's the praying for others, uh, for what they need, the needs of the church, the needs of the world, the needs of the diocese, the needs of those in purgatory. But we can also uh, enter in in a deeper way uh, by using our whole life as a prayer of intercession. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that we can offer up it goes back to that famous quote that was popular about 70 years ago, offer it up, 
offer it up. So we take all of the joys and sorrows of our day, and at the beginning of our day, we say to the Lord, you know, I'm going to offer you my day. It's the morning offering. I give you everything, and please use it all to save souls. Now we're using everything that God sends to us to save souls, particularly our sufferings. They have a great power because we can unite them to the cross, right? And the cross is where new life came into the world. It's where heaven was opened. It is the marriage bed of the Lamb of God. That is what the cross is. So that cross wields tremendous power, you know. It's the key that unlocks the power to heaven, the power of heaven, uh, of the Trinity. That's the power that goes through that cross. So when we unite to that cross as part of the mystical body, we can uh, access the power of the cross. And Jesus takes our little sufferings or our great sufferings, whatever we have, and uh, he uses them to save people who are uh, on the road to hell. Among many other things, you know, we don't know how Jesus is, works uh, specifically, but we know he will take everything we have, just like the little boy who brought him the loaves and fishes, and he fed five, ten thousand people by multiplying the little we have and making it something great. Right? So that's all we have to do. And your faith is critical here. You must have the faith to believe this. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, today, is this power of intercession. So, in its most basic terms, intercession is prayer that leads, uh, pleads with God for the needs of others. But it really is much more than that. It involves taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his will comes to pass. This is the critical component. It's his will. It's his will. You know, when we, this was actually a charism that I had in religious life, where every morning uh, during the week, Monday through Friday, we would uh, gather in teams, prayer teams, and people would send in prayer requests. Please pray for this. Please pray for that. And we would open the letters and we would uh, read the letter. Um, and then we would ask the Lord how to pray. See, this is critical. It's not praying for what we want. It's asking God what he wants and then lifting that back to him in a prayer. This is the part most people miss. This is the part most people want to block out of their mind. They don't want to hear this. Well, this is the way Jesus prayed in the garden. Not my will be done, but yours, Father. Because he had his own human plans in his mind. He didn't want to go to the cross in his humanity. But he knew he had to, so he defers to the Father's will. So, for example, this would happen quite frequently. Somebody would send a letter saying, my uh, mother or my father has cancer. Please pray for a healing. Okay, fair enough. So we would lift up, you know, uh, Jane Doe, who has the cancer, and we'd say, uh, Heavenly Father, show us how to pray. Send your spirit down and teach us how to pray. And then we would start praying silently in, in our little group of four or five hermits, and everybody would get uh, some sort of uh, a message from heaven. So it could be a word, it could be a scripture, it could be an image, it could be a memory, it could be anything, really. And you just write down what you get, and you, you just keep it on the page, and you don't think about it. And we would do this a couple of rounds, maybe two, three times. And then we would uh, all share what we got. And, like, 
you would be amazed <laughs> how things come together. It's like putting a puzzle together and all the pieces are right there. Very easy to discern when that when you're working with a group and you're praying for something that you're detached from. Very difficult to do discernments when you're directly involved with the person. So if that was my mother, I would not be part of that discernment team because I would be too close to the person to discern properly. It'd be very difficult to hear when we have such a strong opinion about what we want. But so let's say we, we lift up the press and then we go around the table and everybody shares what they got. What did you get? Oh, I had an image of a life raft pushing out into the ocean. Um, I had the words, uh, it is finished. I got uh, a recall from a movie, uh, heaven is for real or something. And you put them all together and it seems like, you know what? Uh, the Lord's calling this person home. That's what's happening here. Because all the images point to heaven, that something that this person is, is heading towards heaven. Uh, so then we just pray it back. Lord, it seems as though you're calling uh, Jane Doe home to heaven. We ask for a holy death prepared with the sacraments. We pray for peace in the family. We pray for St. Joseph to come and, uh, and he would offer uh, this Jane Doe a death like he had in the arms of Jesus and Mary. And we pray it back to God and then we close with a, a final prayer and that's that. Uh, and then we write to the people and gently let them know what it seems as though um, the Lord was um, beckoning your mom home. And so we prayed for a holy death and peace in the family. And don't you know that's exactly what would happen, that they would come to accept this and there would be a very uh, timely and holy passing of the person and the family would be a complete peace with it. So now other times it could be you know, that the, the Lord's trying to heal the person. Whatever we get, we pray back, right? And it's so much easier to do this in a group because if one person's off, you know, you, you can still see what the general theme from, from God is. So that's sort of on the on the praying side of things. And that's that's the deference to God's will. And you must know also that intercession is warfare, it really is. It's the key to God's battle plan for our lives. But the battleground is not of this earth. The, the Bible says we are not fighting against humans. We're fighting against for, forces and authorities and against the rulers of this world of darkness and spiritual powers in the heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6. So intercessory prayer takes place in the spiritual world where the battles for our own lives and our families and our friends and our nation are won or lost. This is another component which when we lift things up, we would frequently get demons in a situation. Um, like with the last example, perhaps there could be spirits of fear. Perhaps there could be spirits of uh, infirmity. Well, who knows? Whatever the spirits are that are affecting the situation, we would bind those and cast them off so that God's uh, grace would free freely flow into the situation. Now, of course, if there's sin areas involved, that would be something that had, would have to be left to uh, perfect contrition or the confessional, which we can also pray for. But, you know, there really is a battle happening around us that we can't see. Now, it's easy to blame the people, you know? It's easy to blame people. 
but the people are affected by uh, spirits and certainly affected by sin. These are the biggest uh, factors that uh, can corrupt a human being. Uh, demons and sin. So you want to keep yourself clean at all times. Our ladies requesting confession once a month. Um, it's not that hard to do. You know, everybody, practically everybody has a smartphone. You go into your phone, hit your calendar, make an appointment, you hit the little plus sign. Confession, you put in the title. And then you drop down a few, few lines and it says repeat. Hit yes. I'm going to repeat this. Uh, every month and then every month this will show up as an appointment in your phone oh look it's been a month since confession I'll tell you something it goes by quick time flies now you'll be shocked how often boom it's confession time again it seems like I just went last week oh no it's been four weeks uh, so get to confession on a regular basis that's uh, something you should make a habit holy habit holy habits are good for us and then you have to be aware of the spiritual battle around you, right? Um, and I'm, I see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. I even see it at Mass. I, I, there was a little boy today who was having a, a, a coughing attack right during the Eucharistic prayer. See, when things happen during the Eucharistic prayer, it gets my attention. It gets my attention very quickly because... Usually there's a holy hush that comes upon the whole parish. Even when there's two dozen screaming kids, as soon as that Eucharistic prayer starts, everything gets hushed to a holy hush uh, on a busy Sunday. And that's the spirit that's, that descends right into that moment. But, you know, when I hear somebody suddenly uh, coughing up their, their lungs, and right at that moment, I'm, you know what, that's, I don't know what that spirit's name is. I'm just going to call it the coughing spirit. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind all coughing spirits off that little boy. Go immediately and directly to the foot of the cross, never to return to him again. And of course, I'm doing this silently in my mind, in between the prayers, because I do have to do the prayers perfectly for the Eucharistic prayer. Um, but when there's pauses, I can do these little intercessory prayers uh, that bind and cast. You know what? It stopped. It stopped. As soon as I prayed the prayer, it stopped. Uh, that's also a sign that, you know, God lets you know, yeah, you were. That's right. What you what you saw was exactly true. That he was being harassed. So, this is something. It's a new mindset because we're living in a time when everybody turns to uh, the news and evidence in order to justify everything. You know, we have to be a people that are walking by faith, not by sight. Because I'll tell you something about our site these days. It is deceptive. It's very deceptive. What we see is not always what's true. And now with the new sciences that are out there, uh, they, can, they can make up things and they can publish things that look like they were real, but they're not real. You know, just recently they had pictures of the Holy Father going around in this big puffy white coat. Uh, guess who made the, the, the coat is a real coat it's made by that god awful company Balenciaga who was promoting uh, uh, pedophilia in their advertising ads um, of course that's the jacket they chose to put on the Holy Father you know you can't make it up there's just constant attacks 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 but so many people thought that was real 
that the Holy Father who moved out of the papal palace into an ordinary apartment would suddenly be donning a, a, a fashion coat worth you know several thousand dollars. Like, come on, people, you gotta you gotta think sometimes. Does this make any sense at all? But it wasn't true. It was all it was all concocted in a computer. So you just can't believe everything you see anymore. So you have to rely on your discernment from the spirit that knows everything. Um, another story this morning, uh, NASA is befuddled. You know, NASA, the top, uh, the brightest minds of the country with regard to science. They've discovered an object that's 10 million times brighter than the sun. And they say that this defies the laws of physics. Ha ha, guess what? The answer is God. God defies the laws of physics because God invented physics. He can do what he wants. And you know what? I'm glad they're befuddled. They have to, maybe this will cause them to rethink things. Maybe we don't know everything. Maybe there are mysteries in the universe that we can't know because it's beyond us, like God himself. So these are the things we have to ponder when we're looking at the lens of life around us. Uh, and I'm telling you that there's something about this whole alien thing. The aliens from outer space, they're going to be demons that are going to look like these creatures from another planet. And they're going to redirect humanity away from God. I'm, for, I'm telling you today, we're forecasting it right now. Uh, because it just seems like the stage has been set. And I can see all the markers where this is headed. Uh, and it's going to be a disaster. So, you know, don't believe in those little green aliens from other planets. Um, it is an unidentified flying object, but it's a demon. So the plan with intercessory prayer is it's to arm us for the battle, right? We have to be armed for the battle. In 2 Corinthians 10, we hear... Uh, we go into battle armed for spiritual conflict. For spiritual conflict. And uh, I, I don't think I have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're talking about very serious things here. You know, just like a soldier would prepare for battle, we can't take on the enemy without proper preparation. And without uh, the, the, the biggest preparation, as I mentioned yesterday, would be humility, because the, Satan is so proud, uh, he can't stand humility. Uh, so we have to be uh, humble people, recognizing uh, how weak we are, and we're depending on God's power. It's God's power, not ours. Jesus is the one in control. And remember, always remember, he rules over all forces, all authorities, all powers, all rulers. He rules over everything in the whole world. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, and he gives us his armor to equip us. Also Ephesians 6. So we will be ready to fight using God's weapons. You know, he crafted the weapons. We get to wield them. And these are the weapons for our warfare. And these weapons can pull down strongholds in the spirit world. That's why we're being given the, the weapons. And they'll also protect us from the attacks that are sure to come once you engage in these spiritual battles. Remember, the, um, the shield is to protect us from the fiery darts of the evil one. The shield of faith. 
so when you engage in this kind of uh, prayer, this intercessory prayer as a lifestyle, um, it's to defeat the power of the enemy. That's what it's for, and to and to uh, expand God's kingdom, to give take back what the enemy has stolen. So it's going to be a very um, exciting life if you pick up this path. It's going to be. Uh, you'll be on the front row for many miracles because they will happen and you'll see them. Um, this is this is something that is um, very close to the heart of Jesus is this kind of battle, is being uh, a soldier. If you remember David, David was such a mighty warrior, but that he was in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual. When David knew he was in trouble, he always turned to the Lord. He always turned to the Lord. He uh, was a lover of the Lord. And that's what made him so strong. Um, and, you know, think of all of the battles, even Jericho. Jericho was so fortified. They would have never been able to conquer Jericho, but they did. How did they do it? Through the most unusual of ways, by uh, walking around the, the gates of the town seven times and then blowing trumpets and yelling. And the walls came tumbling down. You know, God does things uh, in ways we would never, ever come up with. So we have to always be prepared to bend our will to his, because he knows the perfect way to defeat the enemy. And that's the way that we have to go. It can't be the way we think would be best. All right, so that lays the groundwork for intercessory prayer as, uh, as a weapon in the battle against powers and principalities. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing off.